0: The stage is set. The green flag drops.
1: Rip is about to blow. Rip is dominating the race. Stopped the last.
2: the first. Oh, and welcome to another amazing episode of Retro As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey guys. And, uh, and we're going to look at a game that was requested by a, uh, uh, someone who wrote in a few weeks ago, I guess a few episodes ago, but also it's timely because it's been featured on a, on a recent compilation of games. It's on the Blizzard Arcade Collection, a collection named for games that were never in arcades, but we're going to be covering uh, Rock and Roll Racing, specifically the Super Nintendo version, uh, but we will talk about the Genesis version and the version that is the, the definitive edition, I guess, on that compilation. But before we get there, Billy, what have you been playing since our last show? Well, I went out on a limb. And I know um,
0: that it, that it's not the most beloved game out there. And, and I know that there's been a negative word said about it here and there. But I picked up that Avengers on PS4. Got it on a, I mean, deep sale. Really deep sale. Um, and I I gotta say, I, I enjoy it. But I'm the same guy that liked Anthem when I played through it. So I, I don't know what my opinion is worth. Um but no, I, I assumed that maybe at least I would get, you know, 10, 15 hours of good story out of it. And I did. Um, I, I think it's a great little Marvel story told in there. Um, I was in it for the, the, you know, like the villain cameos. Those are a little light. Uh, those are super light. And a lot of the characters are, are pretty damn fun to play as. Iron Man in particular. Uh, you know, took took me right back to my day, uh, but no, I've I've highly enjoyed that, and I guess I got it at the right time. There was a um, a DLC that just hit that uh, downloaded on there, so I've got a bit left to go. Um, other than that, I got on a weird Far Cry kick and re-downloaded uh, four, five, that uh, that spinoff from five, and have been. Uh, I-, I just started on four again today which I still think is my favorite one. And, and I'm just alternating, you know, kind of between that and Avengers here and there. Uh, and, and it's been a pretty good time for me, but I was more than happy to sink a good deal of time in, into our game today. Cause it's uh, as, as we'll talk, it's one I, I've held near and dear for a little bit.
2: Yeah, this is, I have been all over the place. I On Twitch, I had finished Hybrid Heaven for the Nintendo 64. Um, you know, and then I was like, what am I going to play next? I don't want to play. That took me almost three weeks of, of streaming two days a week to get through it, uh, mainly because there were sections where you'd go a long period without saving and I would play for an hour and then die and lose an hour of play. So then I was like, what am I going to play next? Couldn't figure it out. I started just fumbling through a bunch of games and I'm going to play. Metal Gear on, on the regular NES, and I'm going to play Snake's Revenge after that. So at least I'm doing that. Uh, I've started playing Persona 5 Royal. I bought it a long time ago and never actually played that version because I was like, I'll get to it. And knowing that Monster Hunter is coming up, I've got to just push some stuff through. Um, I, for whatever reason, and I, I posted this on Twitter too, I don't know why I've started Final Fantasy VIII again. I know better. I know better. There's no reason. There's no excuse. Oh my God, did you? I, I'm playing it again on the Switch. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I'm doing that. Uh, And then I did buy the Blizzard Arcade Collection, which we're going to talk about after we discuss today's game, because I I actually was not familiar with Rock and Racing. We'll get into that,
1: though. Uh, Jeremy, what have you been playing since our last show? Uh, I actually uh, downloaded the Outriders demo. I don't know if either of you have heard about Outriders at all. I'd kind of heard people mention it as like, oh, it's, it's just a new Destiny game. So, you know, it's another live service thing. No, and well, I, I might
0: have to get in on that then
1: well i i kind of that's why i was kind of avoiding it i was just like well you know it doesn't look like something that i'd really be into as far as a live service goes it's kind of as far as like if you just looked at screenshots it looks like a gears of war style game it's made by the guys that did bullet storm so you either love that game or you hate it i actually really enjoyed that game back when it came out mm-hmm. uh and uh you know i was just i'm it's not really feeling the whole like looter shooter thing after I, yeah. you know, played a thousand years of destiny and borderlands three, <laughs> but I decided just to download it and see how it was. And man, I, I, I think it's kind of hooked me. I, I yeah. of all the things that I did not expect uh, outriders, I actually ended up pre-ordering it, pre-ordering it after I finished the demo, which is a massive demo. Wow. This is not just a one level kind of thing. It lets you play through the entire opening act plus the first chapter of the game. And there's a lot of game there to play in this demo. So by the end of it, you should either know if you like it or not uh, compared, you know, depending on like how it plays, the loot you get, the special uh, abilities that you get. It's a a really neat game overall. It's, uh, I think I told Billy, as far as the story goes, it reminds me of a bad sci fi channel show that just it's really just confident in what it's doing, yeah. oh, and yeah. it's, I mean, it's just one of those shows that should not be fun to watch, but it is for mm-hmm. whatever reason. And along with that, just the gameplay of being this very aggressive, kind of Gears of War style game. Where you're, when you think of Gears of War, it's like you got to hide behind things, you know, it's you're in cover all the time, mm-hmm. and that's part of this game but at the same time it's all about being aggressive because that's the only way you can heal so you have these abilities you have like three abilities uh, that you can use You, you know as you level up you get more but every time you use these abilities on an enemy it will put an icon next to the enemy and if they die while that ability is active if somebody else kills them or you kill them then you you heal for a certain amount So that is the only way you can actually heal yourself in this game is by using your abilities to kill enemies. And you can't really do that just by hiding behind cover all the time. So it's this neat little game of, you know, you've got to be aggressive, but you got to know when to do it. You got to know each ability, when you should use those, what situation is right to use that ability in. Can you get multiple enemies with that ability? And this is one of those games where those abilities come up all the time. Like, it's kind of like Diablo. It's not like something like, you know, uh, Borderlands, where something is taking three or four minutes to come back up. Like, you constantly have one of these abilities up and ready to go. And so it's just, you're just all the time using these abilities and then also, you know, gunning everything down. So it's really fun. I By the time I got through it, I was like, this is fine. Like, it's a very scaled down version of like, I don't know, it's, it's not as large. Like as far as the areas go, like a Borderlands game, they they seem more like well made as far as like, you know, it's not this huge area of everything running at you. It is made for these enemies and these situations to happen, you know, kind of like a Gears of War level, except Mm -hmm. everything's connected and and out. Uh, So it's, it's really different for anyone saying it's like Destiny, they are completely wrong. It is not like hmm. Destiny. It's maybe more like Borderlands, but on a much, much smaller scale. Uh, from what I've played, from what you can play in in this demo. Yeah. Uh,
0: does your, does your progress will it transfer over when you you start the game? Is it one of yeah. those deals? Okay. Yeah. Cool. This is uh. It,
1: it actually tells you. You know. It connects to your Square Enix account. If you don't have one, just make one. And then when the full game comes out, everything progresses over that you All you've right. already got. It's also crossplay uh, apparently with everything. So. It, it's This looks like a, a game that's kind of basically made for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't wait to see, see more of it when it does come out here in like a, I think the next couple of weeks or something like that.
0: Yeah, I, it, it should hold you over until, you know,
1: until MAG 2. Oh, God. <laughs> Someday it's going to happen. So, Sony's going to come out there on that stage and they're going to announce MAG 2. Yeah. It's going to be, it. that'll be a great day.
2: Well, a game that was announced that no one expected uh, was at the last BlizzCon when they announced the the Blizzard Arcade Collection, which contains three classic Blizzard, actually two of which were pre-Blizzard uh, release games, uh, The Lost Vikings, a game we have not covered, but a game that I would talk about covering someday, um, Blackthorn, which we covered way back in Episode 6 in 2015, so if, if you haven't heard that, Damn. go look that up. That's from a long time ago. And the game we're going to talk about today, Rock and Roll Racing. Originally released on the Super Nintendo.
1: Jake fades in
2: the last Rip fades in the last! Jake power's up! Tred is about to blow! Holy Toledo! The first thing I want to say is before we get into anything else about the game or the gameplay, is the music to this game is originally a bunch of um, MIDI versions of actual rock songs. So there, there's, you know, the Born to be Wild by Steppenwolf and Paranoid by Black Sabbath. There's a bunch of, well, uh, a handful of really good songs. Uh, that said, all those songs, uh, you are not allowed to stream without the threat of getting your, your stream shut down, your podcast pulled, whatever else. I'm, I'm sure we're not big enough for this to be a problem. That said, I am Paranoid. So I am not using any of the music from the game, so I've been very creative with how we're going to handle the, the music feels I put in the podcast. Uh, do not believe that the songs I'm playing are the songs in the game. They are all songs from Subtastics, the same band that does our intro and the same band that I sing for. But I do have the actual game sounds
1: overlaid over those tracks. So I mean, you could just use the Genesis version and no one would understand what the hell they're hearing.
2: Yeah, so. well, <laughs> that, is, I didn't, that is arguably true.
1: I,
0: I didn't fire. I didn't fire the first shot tonight. I, I didn't draw blood. But yeah, um, I even the most devout Genesis sound card defender tip their hat to Nintendo for this one. Even though the Genesis does have one more song, Radar Love, um the state of it, you wouldn't be able to t- of any damn way. Um, but no, I, the songs for this are, are are pretty fantastic. Um, you can actually tell <laughs> what everything is. This might be one of my first encounters with, with actual licensed music in a video game. It's a shame. We can't, you know, can't put it in the podcast. The biggest fucking, you know, Deep Purple is out there cracking down on anybody using the MIDI version of, of damn Highway Star.
1: And I didn't even know what these songs were back in the day when I rented it. So, but you know you look on the back of the box it's got it's like oh you know all of these cool you know, licensed music and i was like oh that's neat but i don't know 70s rock or anything like that but goddamn, if my if i didn't sit my dad down to play some co-op to this <laughs> and you know that first thing that first song came up it was like bwah, 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 and you know it's just a bad like you said a bad MIDI version of it and you know my dad of course he's like damn this game sounded pretty fucking good and so it <laughs> You know, there's something there. That <laughs>
0: this is this this is like Jeremy. Anytime a Rob Zombie song pops up in a
1: game, pretty much. You know, if there was yes that that would be me. You know, it perked up his attention immediately, and that was something that every time like a new level started, he would always look forward to hearing these new songs. Like, wow, they got this song in here. That's crazy. You know, he was a a big fan of of you know that kind of you know that rock back in the '70s and stuff. So that was, that was actually pretty cool. And yeah, I, I think besides that one terrible um, shooter that had two unlimited as the uh, <laughs> the licensed music, I think this was probably one of my first games that actually had licensed music in as well.
2: Yeah, I, I just didn't want to surprise anybody or have everyone be like, wait a minute, this game has amazing music, what is he playing? Uh, just, I, I like to throw that out there. But also, I guess... I'd rather, be, I'd rather be cautious and not have the episode pulled uh, than, than put it out mm-hmm. there and all of a sudden all our episodes are pulled down. So, eh, probably not a big problem. Uh, probably a good problem to have, right? So I'll, I'll take that. Um, as mentioned, this came out. This is on the Blizzard Arcade Collection. So this was developed by Blizzard, but before they were known as Blizzard. Uh, they were still Silicone and Synapse. I believe that's how you pronounce that. And they, this was actually their third game. So they, this is the sequel to their first game which was called RPM Racing, also on the Super Nintendo. I'd never played RPM Racing, and looking at a video of it, I'm not surprised. Are either of you familiar with RPM Racing?
0: Not one bit. Um, yeah, I, I was not even aware of that fact until you know, until I started doing a little homework for this episode.
1: No, I, I actually had not even heard of that, but uh, as you were saying that, I looked up a, a video to, you know, just to see what that was. I do remember the box art, but I do not ever remember renting that one. Uh, it, but yeah, it's probably for the best because if I'd played that one, I'm not sure if I would actually played Rock and Roll Racing when it did come out.
2: Yeah, looking at videos of it, it looks like a prototype of what this game became. It it is a a, a racing game, much like this is. It has very similar camera angles, uh, but it's incredibly slow. It's actually a uh, kind of a remake of a Commodore 64 game. Called the Racing Destruction Set by Electronic Arts. Uh, I don't know how much you guys played a lot of PC games back in uh, in like the '80s, but EA put out a whole like round of different ed- construction sets where it was kind of a freeform—you could make whatever you want. And the I had the Adventure Construction Set, so you could make like really poor uh, Ultima-looking games, uh, but I still thought it was really cool. And and their racing version was called Racing Destruction Set. You'd build the tracks, but it would all be the same kind of. Uh, top-down, like, like three-quarters view that this game has, and it's it, it's fine for what it was at the time, but to put it out in the Super Nintendo six years later is kind of, kind of shocking, uh, but the fact that it did well enough for Interplay, the publisher, to decide, hey, we're going to get more games from this company, okay, great. Uh, so their second game was Lost Vikings, which, again, is also on that collection. Uh, we have not covered it yet in the podcast, but that's one we may do someday. And then the third game they put out in 1993 for the Super Nintendo was this game, Rock and Roll Racing. Um, it is... Aside from the music that we've already mentioned, the 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 game itself is very similar to a game like RC Pro-Am on the Nintendo. So it's this kind of three-quarters-down top view, so you can see the side of your car, but it's not like a straight top-down, and it's not a straight side view. And you can only see a portion of the track while you're on it. I mean, it scrolls around while you're on the screen. Your track, your car is always at the center of the screen, but the you can't see the entire whole track in one image. Like, if you go to play, like, Super Sprint in the arcade, it's very similar in how it controls... But you can see the entire track, and your cars are really small. Uh, in this game, your car is actually very large because you can only see a small part of the track. Um, and and as a result, there are times where I wish I could see a little more of the track, but that's okay. It's that that kind of view. And then the the control itself to turn your car, you almost have to pretend your D pad is a steering wheel. So you'll push to the left as if you're going to turn your wheel to the left, and you push to the right as if you're going to turn the wheel to the right. And the angle the the car will rotate around the screen that the screen doesn't change so that your car is always facing uh, you know forward away from you it is constantly your car is constantly changing the direction and you're not changing which way you'd push to turn the car your car is a steering wheel that doesn't move while your car does move that's a very bad explanation of this kind of control is anyone better at explaining (laughs) the type of control of your car than that
1: uh have you played rc pro-am yeah it it is just that i mean it's it's if you've ever played a game like that, then then here's rock and roll racing. I, I can't actually explain it any better myself. Uh, the only thing I can really say is that they, being a huge fan of RC Pro-Am as I was, it wasn't so much the accuracy of driving. It was basically just sliding your car, using the controls to slide your car around <laughs> these tracks. And thankfully that was something that Blizzard understood or, you know, looking at RPM racing, that was something they did not get right at all. But here... It is totally that where, you know, if, even if you do a, a very slight turn, your car doesn't start to turn probably until a, a good second or two later. <laughs> so it's it's a lot of just drifting around these tracks. And my God, if you can do it perfectly, it is so satisfying to get around those corners and just drift around these fuckers that are going around you. It's just, it's sublime. And it is basically everything that RC pro M was just dialed up to 11 here.
2: Well, it's not just that the controls really tight and that the the game has this rock and roll music behind it. It's it is like a intergalactic racing championship. So unlike a game like RC Pro-Am that's supposed to literally be you know your kids with RC cars racing around a little track, the story for this is that you're supposed to go across five planets. Uh, to win the Indianapolis Super Cup, and there's actually a sixth planet if, once you get that Super Cup to kind of race at the very end, uh, to to fight against other aliens, other other humans on other planets, uh, in in what is essentially like a destruction derby style race, but still has the rules of a race, and you have to make so many laps. Every lap, every every race is four laps you have to complete, but it's not just racing, and it's not just avoiding obstacles that might be there because you're on a weird planet. So there's you know puddles of ooze or or, you know, jumps you have to make, or, or things you have to avoid, the other racers will also have the ability to shoot at you, or drop mines, or oil slicks on the ground, your car can do the same thing, uh, and much like a game like RC Pro, you also, during that same, uh, well, during the race uh, career, you're able to, to add stats to your car, actually buy better cars, and, and add, you know, to their uh, different engine ratings, or shocks, or tires, also you get to add to your weapons, I mean, it's It is much more combat, I think, than even like an RC program. There was missiles, and there were, you know, what was it? The the, the, there were bombs you could drop that looked like big whoopee cushions. But in this case, there's it's it's each car has a different loadout of what weapons they have. Uh, Some there's some overlap, but each car is different in that aspect. You end up getting so many different if you if you power up those weapons, you have so many different missiles and so many different drops uh, of of like the bombs and stuff you can drop behind you if once you get that leveled up that each lap they replenish in full, so you're able to just kind of unload on stuff. It's it's a lot more combat-heavy and also, as a result,
1: defense-heavy than a game like RC Pro-Am ever was. You know, you talk about the AI. The, these guys are ruthless. You know, this is not, uh, uh, you know, like RC Pro-Am, which, you know, it was... You use a weapon when you got it. You know, it was mostly just racing and avoiding the stuff that's along the track. But here, like, especially once you get past that first uh, world, that first planet... Mm-hmm. It gets pretty rough. Uh, it, yeah. The AI is very, very aggressive, and it can come off like Mario Kart at times. Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> yes. like, it can, like you get Mario Karted so many times in a lot of these races where you can be first, and then suddenly you get hit by a missile, you get mm-hmm. hit by, you hit an oil slick, somebody knocks you around the track, and then suddenly you're in last place with no way to catch up. And that is definitely annoying but it's, you know, these races are so short. it It's, it's super fun to just, you know, jump back in, try it over. It, it, you know, you're de- probably going to get Mario Kart again, but then there's definitely those times where you destroy everyone else and it feels great to come in first.
0: Yeah, yeah it, it, it's one of those games. It, it's very much um, just trial and error style. And like you said, Mario Kart is probably um, the game you can compare it to now. Uh, the people will know. Uh, and it's the same thing. Sometimes you'll have that, that near perfect race where you go through untouched. And other times it's fucking when it rains, it pours. It's the banana, it's the red shell. And then here comes the big blue to fuck you over. But you know, in rock and roll racing style. Um, but yeah, I forgot when I, cause we did so much um, two player. I forgot out there on your own. Uh, the, the gloves are off. From from the start, and, and I guess I kind of appreciate that because you you kind of get the skills down um, pretty early on. Uh, but yeah, it 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 continues to ramp up as you go along.
2: Well, I made the mistake when you first start the game, you get to pick a difficulty level. You yes. can pick rookie, veteran, or warrior, and so I picked rookie because I was like, yeah, I've never really played this. I mean, I've played games like this, but I haven't played it before. Uh, when you play rookie, you can only play through the first three planets. And it's an mm. easier run anyway. The, the enemy's nowhere near as as aggressive at all. Uh, they don't start with a, as as well of a loadout on their cars as they do on the later game. So I, I played rookie and finished rookie like in one afternoon, you know, one one play session. I was like, man, this is this is cake. I I'll go ahead and move to Warrior and just play the full game then. I didn't realize I wasted my my first afternoon playing this. Oh, and yeah. I, I didn't get through the first planet until this morning. <laughs> I it, it is immediately a lot more aggressive and as a single player it it there were definitely times where it feels like all there's only four racers at a time including yourself mm-hmm. so it felt like the other three were really ganging up on you especially if you're in first yeah. place after you pick your difficulty level you get to pick what driver you want there are six drivers you can pick from technically seven because there is a hidden driver um, all of them are they have their own stat bonuses but the, the stats are Pretty standard, so I'll just read them off because there's only six anyway. You can be Snake Sanders, who's kind of the the blonde human character. He's got uh, plus one to his acceleration, plus one to his top speed. You can pick Cyberhawk, who looks like he's an extra from the Silverhawks cartoon. If you don't know what that is, look it up. Uh, That is uh, plus one to your acceleration, plus one to your jump ability. Uh, You get Ivan Zypher, who essentially is just Chewbacca. He looks like Chewbacca. He comes from a green planet. Uh, And he gets plus one to his jumping, plus one to his top speed. You get Katarina Lyons, who looks like a lion. She's a catwoman of some sort from another planet. She gets plus one to her jump and plus one to cornering. You get Jake Badlands, who I picked only because oh, his name there's right Yeah, man, right there. Yeah. Oh shit, are we three for three, Jake? I think we're all Jake Badlands fans. That's a shock. I was gonna ask, but I am a Jake Badlands <laughs> fan. Because he gets, one, he has a cool blue mohawk, but two, he gets plus to his acceleration and plus to cornering, which in a game like this, both of those are key key, elements. Yes, the the cornering.
0: I I think a lot of times that you look at the top speed, but it's it's all about getting to that top speed. That acceleration is the key, especially as many times as as you're going to get stopped.
2: In this yeah. game And then the final racer That you can pick Without getting the secret character Is Tarquin Who's essentially a space elf uh, They have plus one To their top speed And plus one to cornering If you get uh, I think it's like Hold down LR select And push to the side Or something You can find that uh, Anywhere online That talks about the game You can play as Olaf From the Lost Vikings And he gets three stat bonuses He's, he's officially by, Like if you read Any of the forums Where like People like Are Speed runners and stuff of this game, they're like, yeah, no, you want to play Olaf. Don't play anybody else. Olaf is the way to go. Uh, but I did not. I picked Jake Badlands because his name mm-hmm. is cool. He has a blue mohawk. And again, acceleration and cornering seem to be the key. So after you pick your driver, uh, you get to then pick which of the cars you want to start with. You get $20,000 to start, and the first two cars you can buy are both $18,000. is a third car listed, but you cannot afford it at the start of the game. So the first two cars you get to pick from are the Marauder and the Dirt Devil. According to the manual, there is some difference in the cars. I did not notice it for those first two cars. Um, mm. the, but but they essentially look a little bit different. You can pick what color you want, and then bam, you get started on the first planet, which is Chem Six. Uh, it's kind of a a pretty standard outer space set of courses to start with. The tracks on that first planet are. For the most part, pretty straightforward ovals, or they are an oval with like a weird crimp in it, or you know a couple crossovers, but nothing crazy. It really introduces introduces you to how the game is going to be set up. And and again, if you started on Warrior from the get go, everyone's gunning for you, and they're coming you know coming at you hard. You might not get through a, f- a few races. Uh, thankfully, the game is set up so that t- in order to progress your way through the game, it's not win every race. That would make it unbearable. Instead, you have a, a series of races in which to score enough points. So, at the end of a race, if you're in first place. You'll get 400 points and a, cha- and a you know a chunk of change to buy upgrades for your car. Second place gets 200 points and some mo- and less money. Third place gets 100 points and uh, a little less money. And then if you come in fourth place, you get nothing uh, at all, but you get to keep going. And for the for example, for the first planet in the like the lower tier, because there's two tiers in each planet, a lower level and a higher level of racing. You have eight races to try to get. I think it's 1,400 points. So if you win four races out of the eight. You can immediately say, hey, I've got enough points, and go to the next tier. After you do both tiers on the first planet, you can then tell the guy, hey, I made enough points to go to the next next area, and then you get to watch a rocket ship take you to your next planet, which is Draconis. Uh, it's kind of a slime planet. And then you get to do the same thing. There's a- another score you have to get. You have eight or 12 races to get there. The-, the number of races and the points you need go up as you progress through this game. But essentially, if you win every race, then you're going to blow through these planets. But if you don't... It's not bad, and I did find out from experience that if you get through all those races in your tier and you don't have enough points, all that happens is the, guy's basically, the guy who runs it is basically like, oh, well, you're stuck at this tier for now, and it starts you over at the first race of that tier, but you get to keep your car, all the upgrades you've had, and any money you have saved. If you're patient enough, you're going to make it. Right. And, and that was good to see. I was very worried that like, oh, I've had, I'm, I'm 100 points short and I just finished my last race. Yeah. And now I have to start over again or I lose. You know, you lose the, the you go down a rank or something. But no, it's just like, no, just start over. No big deal. Start over on your current level. But here's all the stuff you've already paid for. So, yeah, eventually you're going to get your car powered up off over and over again to get through those those tougher races.
1: Real quick before uh, just going back a little bit talking about the the racers and everything. I love the way this game looks. Like this mm-hmm. is so like early 90s PC game like western style art that it's yes. <laughs> it's just it just yes. hurts. It's so good. Like everything about <laughs> this uh the cars, like everything is is very well done. Uh but yeah, going back to the way the 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 game progresses. I I was kind of curious to see like or hear how you guys progressed because as you go through the first planet, you know, you have those car. The only uh, vehicles that you can pick are, are, you know, those certain ones. I think it's like the Beetle. Uh, what's the other two? It's
2: the Marauder and the Dirt Devil. And then the one you can't get Dirt yet Dirt is Devil. the Airblade. The Airblade
1: is $70,000. Yeah. Yes. So you have to earn the money for mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So once you get to the second planet, then, you, you know, you can start getting that. Did you want to keep upgrading the car that you had or did you start to save up to that next car?
0: Yeah, because it, it should be said when you upgrade cars, um, whatever money you've spent on upgrades, or when you get another car rather, any money you spent on upgrades uh doesn't of course does not follow over.
2: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it
0: is it is strategic. Do I want to sink more money um into this this car I have, or do I want to move up? Um and a lot of times if I had the opportunity to um, to upgrade cars. I, I went to the Airblade as soon as I could because I, I, I felt like e- the Airblade was was doing better work than even my my you know my dirt devil uh, with, with the upgrades I had for it. So I, I don't know if it's one of those things that around the time you're able to afford um, the next car you you automatically should. That's kind of how I play. Um, I don't know if this is one of those games where if you fully, a fully upgraded starting car is every bit as good as a late car. I I, I really don't know. I haven't done that. That tied a comparison, but I, I just know the way I play these. I, I started really that second that second world kind of scaling back and, and, and kind of saving up a little bit.
2: I think you want to get the cars as soon
1: as you get them. Um, yeah. As soon as you that can. That seems like the thing. Because uh, like you- those new cars are just so much better than anything. You you could actually upgrade the old car to the top that it can go and it still wouldn't even touch that new car, mm. which is crazy because I when I first started, anytime I would play rock and roll racing, I was always like, I want to max up this car because obviously it's going to be just as good as this car that I can't yeah. even afford that has no upgrades in it. Yeah, And it turns and out that's not the case at all.
0: It, it does become really... Noticeable and strategic, uh, especially with the battle track. Um, I, I once you get the fucking battle track, that thing um, is gonna solve any handling issues you had at that point, I guess, because of the treads on it. Oh, god, that's, um, that's that's like
1: it's weird because suddenly the game has like precision control to it. Yes,
0: yeah, because you end up on the mud planet. Was it uh Bogma? Was it Bogma? Yes,
2: Bogmire the third planet.
0: Yes, and you're gonna need it. I, uh, you, you're going to need the battle track. I, I'm sure uh, people with a higher skill level can can zoom around without it. But for me, I need that extra, you know, the extra traction you get from that. So yeah, I, I think definitely um, the game encourages you to keep getting the new vehicles. I'd be interested. I, I'll probably have to hit the YouTube circuit and, and see if anybody's played through this thing and completed it with the, the original cars.
2: I, I would say every, because I, I looked on a few, FAQs uh-huh. to kind of see what's going on the, the universal statement is get the car As soon as you can, every car is so mm-hmm. much better than the previous That there's no reason not to So again, the first two you get were the Marauder and Dirt Devil They're more or less the same, I, I know there are Some slight differences in how it controls, but not Based on how I drive uh, So the, the third car is the one you, you can see From the beginning, you could technically buy it As soon as you have the money, is the Airblade but, unlike on the rookie level of difficulty, where I didn't need to upgrade my car ever, until I got the next car. And I was like, cool. And then I, <laughs> I just kept going to I like an upgrade to the, the Battle Tank and the Third Planet on Bogmire, And I, I did that too. I never needed to upgrade the cars. The, the computer opponents were just not as good. But on Warrior, from the get-go, they're going to be faster than you. They're going to come out after you so you the first thing you want to do in my opinion when you get a new car is to put at least one one extra point of armor in to give you a chance to last through uh, if you're grouped up with everybody else that's where you'll just you'll go from i'm in first place doing great but i have guys right behind me too i'm a pile of rubble on the side of the road and you know thankfully in this game when you do die and you will you have a, a number of armor points every time you get shot by a missile or if you run into a mine or if you get slammed into the wall you lose a point of armor once you lose all your armor you explode or if you jump off the track. There are many ways to jump off the track. Uh, for me, apparently, every race. But uh, you can drop off the track by accident fairly easily. And you will you know, die, and your car takes a second, and then it respawns. Great except that everyone's already moving. You've lost, I mean, the amount of time you lose in some of these races in just the respawn, you're like, well, I'm I'm done. It's like watching a NASCAR race, and if someone, like, has a bad pit experience, or, like, his, his car goes into, into a wall, and they have to, oh, you lost five laps, his race is over. It doesn't matter what happens. He's not coming back. And this is very similar. If you explode, you're probably done, unless it happens, like, in the very first race. So when you mentioned getting Mario Karted, that was my experience, especially on, on Warrior level, in the later races that I got to, were like, I'd be, I'd, I'd be feeling really good. I get towards the last lap. I'm coming around the last corner, and then all of a sudden, like, three missiles hit me, <laughs> and I'm now in fourth place, and so there's nothing I can do about it. And it's like, oh, that's that's painful. Now i got to try to earn more points to make up for the points I'm losing here to try to go to the next planet. So, yeah, no, it, it definitely uh, – y- you want the newer car because they are better. They all handle better than the previous car to it. But also, um, the biggest downside to upgrading your car – to. Getting a new car isn't as much the speed or the tires or the shocks. I mean, those are all important. It's losing those extra weapons. So when you upgrade your weapons, it's not that your weapons get stronger. It's that you can use it more often before you, you know, in one lap. Every time you, you finish mm-hmm. a lap, all your weapons recharge their fullest. So if you have five points in missiles or, or whatever your shot is, your forward shot, it will fire five times, you know, you can fire it off five times in one lap. And these laps are fairly short laps. So that can that's the difference between a car being totally unharmed to a car you've now destroyed. And destroying a car again, much like when you get destroyed, it is a huge minus to you finishing that that race at all. It's the same for the computer. So it's it's if you can destroy a car, it's well worth your your chance to do so. So that's that was my biggest problem coming back buying a new car. If I didn't have at least a few upgrades to put in missiles or uh, or some other weapon, I felt like I was extremely underpowered. No matter that my car was able to go faster and handle better than those cars, I was still just getting smoked because I didn't have any armor and I didn't have better weapons. But, you know, that that's. I think that even with that said, because of the way the game works, where you can finish, you can fail those races and still continue exactly where you were... As long as you're patient, it was still worth it 100%. As soon as you have the money to buy a new car, do it. Maybe you're going to lose three or four races in a row, but now you can get some items you really need so that next cycle through, you can blast through it in five, you know, five consistent first or second place finishes.
1: Uh, Real quick, just speaking on that, you know, just getting Mario Karted, especially in the later planets, it's that, you know, like you said, it starts out very just basic. Like it almost seems like those first few RC Pro Am tracks, you know, there's really nothing going on it's a few turns do a few laps you're good to go after that once you start getting into the second planet they start doing crossovers where they you know everyone has to basically come together at some point one one some people are going one way other people are going the other way and even in later planets there's multiple crossovers, to the point where sometimes you don't even know which way the track is going. (laughs) Uh, It's easy to get lost in some of those later planet tracks because it's just hard to tell, uh, especially the first time you go through them, where you're supposed to go because there are so many crossovers. And I think that goes a long way in, in making a lot of these tracks so difficult because there's just times where not only you're dealing with these cars that can apparently shoot as many missiles as they want sometimes, but also, you know, you're you're constantly mowing, trying to mow through them, uh, doing these constant crossovers, and just praying that you do not hit one of them and come to a dead stop. Uh, there's so many times where I had an, just a perfect race come to an end as I just barreled down on some dude that was in last place, getting lapped uh, at, at a cross crossover, and just ruined my race completely. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot of There's a lot of things going in on just making this game maddening. But for some reason, I didn't mind it too much. It it was just maybe on the later tracks, I thought it was a little cheap. But overall, I thought, like you said, if you're just patient, you can kind of grind your way through. And it's, you know, it's always fun to get that first place.
0: I mean, mean, anything is easy to tolerate if, you know, MIDI version of Born to be Wild is playing.
2: Well, and and they are short tracks, so even the ones that that cross over a bunch, they don't get longer. They just have more twists and turns, and you've got to be you know more careful with how you're you're taking them. But but it wasn't like I felt like even if you do the you know twelve or or whatever races in a row, that's still only like twenty minutes, thirty minutes. Like it wasn't a big deal to have to redo some of these. And thankfully, this game has passwords. So if you go to after any race, if you go to the options screen, there's a password. You can immediately just start exactly where you were come back later on so it's not a game like rc prime we keep comparing it to it but that's because this really does play like that but that was a game where you had to sit down and play it in one long stretch and it wasn't super long compared to this but this i could i can finish a planet and come back tomorrow and finish a planet if i end up doing well great if not you know you can get to the sixth race out of eight and only need 400 points to make it to the next level you could just save that password and if you don't make it fine load your game up try again like it it's very forgiving in in being as cheap as it can be because it did seem like sometimes just bad luck would would end your race you know you get hit by in the way that jeremy talked about where you somehow hit a crossroad and hit the guy in last place or there was other times where uh there's oil slicks and stuff in some of these some of these rounds and my car would just spin the exact wrong way and i'd hit the wall and be facing completely the wrong direction and then right in front of me was some other like oil slick pools that people would drop behind their cars and i couldn't pull out fast enough my my acceleration just kept hitting that slick and i like I watched them take half a lap ahead of me before I could get back on the track. I was like, this is, I'm violently angry, but it's such a short game, and I can reload that race if I'm doing that. Not a big problem. Um, after every race, again, you get to decide if you want to buy a new car, upgrade your car. The upgrades are uh, just really short. Engine upgrade, armor upgrade, meaning you can take more damage. Shocks, so that you, there are all these levels, along with being a lot of twists and turns, they all have some sort of little jumps, sometimes, Uh, they're angled in such a way that you can, uh, you can just kind of fly over them if you have top speed. Other times you really got to make sure you're not, you know, getting shocked around too hard. So you do need to have shocks to keep yourself from losing a lot of speed on those and tires, of course, are for grip. And then your weapon upgrades are your front firing weapons like the uh, missiles, or there's a, a laser gun you can get. There's a a weapons you drop behind you, which is mines or um, like these oil slick things. And then you have a boost with some cars or a jump with some cars Uh, that my biggest complaint about this whole game is that jump or boost button location on the Super Nintendo controller. So if you're holding a Super Nintendo controller, the B button is gas and essentially you never take your thumb off it ever for any reason under any circumstance, you hold down that gas button. Now, maybe on some of the later races, I didn't make it to Inferno, full disclosure. So maybe on those races, you actually do want to let go of the gas sometimes. But as far as I got, you never do. And you want to just use the L and R buttons to do kind of hard turns to really slide into turns and make sure you're doing them while leaving the gas button down. So no problem there. Hold down the gas button. And then A is your your rear weapon, and Y is your forward weapon. So again, it's easy to slide your thumb onto Y and A while still holding down B. But to hit X, I had to like hold the controller weird so that I could hold down B with my thumb and hit X with my index finger and I I, I ah. absolutely hated doing it there were times I just was like you know what I'm never gonna use jump and I know I can do better on some of the races I was stuck on because I just wasn't using the the jumps or the boosts nearly as effective enough solely because of where it is on the controller that that is a combination from having to go I, and
0: I yes I re, I recall doing it myself playing this and I hate it any Super Nintendo game that that causes you to do this and uh, there weren't many uh, I think they had ergonomics in mind when they when they made uh, the controller layouts for most games but yeah uh, it, it's the one button it's the one face button there that is, is not natural to get your thumb on I, I don't know maybe I, this might be the game for for big thumbed folks you know that can kind of turn that angle cover both the buttons I'm not one of them so I also had to do the little the little fucking crab claw motion where i bring my my index finger and get it involved yeah um but i mean otherwise that's got
1: to be maybe my only only control controller gripe i i never really used turbo that much it it always seemed to just screw up my race more you know when i did use it there it's just it pushes your car so wildly out of control unless you've got this yeah. super long straight that you can use it on and be for sure that you're not just mm. going to push your car into the outside of the, the track and, and crash immediately or blow up that it's uh, it, it seemed more like a detriment to use it. So I generally just kind of stayed away with that was like my least thing that I put any sort of money into because I just didn't use it much at all.
2: Yeah, you, I didn't. You
0: know, it reminds me um, it reminds me of the uh, the the turbo uh, super off road. Um, yeah, you, know, you you don't want to hit that unless, like you said, it's just uh, it's got to be a perfect condition. It's got to be a straightaway, um and you know nobody nobody in the way because as soon as you hit that turbo button, shit shit happens. It's it's just no havoc.
1: It's you could be like you could hit yes. that button and suddenly you've done like a one eighty or going backwards in yes. <laughs> the
0: track. It's a yes. mess. So. It, I mean, it's useful. It'll get you down the track, but it's it's just for the, the, the perfect occasion.
2: Well, and, and it's even if you have a big long straightaway, because you have a map on the screen that shows you the whole track layout. But the because of how the, and this is, I thought this was pretty impressive, when enemies drop mines or the oil slick things on, on the screen, um, they stay there until they're hit. And the oil slicks, in fact, stay forever. So there, there are large sections of the track, especially on the last lap, where it's just a war zone. And you, and you have to make sure you don't drive into something you shouldn't. And especially with those slicks, they'll cause your car to angle differently. So if you're boosting uh, and you're also hitting some slicks and you're hitting uh, you know, part where there's like a a little hill or a little ramp, you'll launch right off the track. And I, that happened to me often enough yeah. that I was like, I'm never using boost. Um, it was more of the jump. There <laughs> are definitely times where jump is super useful and they're on the early cars, but I didn't. I just couldn't use it because of that thumb placement, so I'm glad it's not just me. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe it's I'm just not doing something right, but um, I'm glad to hear that, that no everyone just stopped
1: using it, which makes sense. Boost is fool's gold. Don't don't go there. That's that's true. <laughs> Boost is fool's gold of rock and roll racing. Uh, one thing I wanted, wanted to mention real quick was uh, that this game is two player co op, and I don't know if either of you played the co op version on on the Super NES because that. You know, as as much as we talked about how limited your track view is when you're playing single player, of course, when you're playing two two player co-op, it literally cuts that in half. So it is split yes. screen, but you can only see about half of what you're seeing anyway. Now, I played this mo- mostly exclusively uh, with my cousin when I was smaller at, in co-op mode, and I think we just played it enough that we memorized the track layout. So I can't yeah, imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine anyone going into this and and just, I mean, the first few tracks are easy enough just to kind of feel your way through. But after that, once the tracks start getting more intricate and like, you know, trying to figure out how to get through them. I I don't think co-op works very well in this game, especially once things get starts getting faster. So I don't know if either of you played co-op at all at some point. But to me, I think this is I mean, it's a fun co-op game. It's cool that it's in there but I just don't think it's implemented very well.
0: I also played this one uh, with my cousin. Also, the majority of the time, uh, this, was, uh, this was heavy in the, the weekend rental rotation, and we did a lot of co-op. And yeah, uh, it's like you're saying, it's one of those things. Um, it, it's certainly a detriment uh, to seeing what's going on, and uh, things almost get twice as hectic with the, the limited view, but it, like you said, it's one of those things that, you know, you, you just keep playing and you kind of get a feel uh, for the course. So that it, it almost becomes a second nature, you know, which way you're supposed to go, you know, where you're supposed to hit the, the turns. And so you can focus a little bit more on the, the chaos at hand. Um, I, I really liked it then, um, you know, just cause it was, it was kind of a different co-op experience. Uh, but yeah, I,
2: I I think it's something I would really struggle with now. I, I did not play it on the, the Super Nintendo or Genesis version of the game. I, I played this mostly on the Blizzard Arcade Collection, which I'll be talking about later, and they do kind of fix that for their multiplayer there. So at least on the Definitive Edition, it is a better way to play multiplayer, but I can see how that would be a huge problem on the, the original
1: releases. I think about the best thing you can say for it is that it actually gives you an, another person there to fight that AI back a little bit so you can kind of look out for each other uh if you're if you're both on the same page and you're not trying to just completely screw each other over which is pretty common in this game whether you want to or not uh you know you can kind of just be like hey this motherfucker blew me back you know take him uh you guys can at least coordinate a little bit and uh you know that that was the thing that kind of made co-op fun but it is just it's a hell of a thing to try to navigate some of those tracks when it is just half a screen that you're looking at Place. knockout Thread finishes a weak third James is in another time zone
2: uh billy already kind of pointed this out earlier and, and so did jeremy uh probably jeremy first actually as i recall uh the genesis version and jeremy first we oftentimes complain about the genesis sound but this is a case where i think it's it's glaringly obvious that the genesis version of this game has far inferior sound the song's uh, while they do have the same songs, they've also added Radar Love by Golden Earring, and it's fine, but it just doesn't sound as good. Um, the, the control also, and I tried the Genesis version, the control I found to be a little, a little worse, um, but I don't mm-hmm. think it played miserably. I don't think it was a bad port. I think it's fine, um, but comparatively, if you add them next to each other, the Super Nintendo version I think is far superior.
0: It's a little odd, because it, it seems like the Genesis is usually... Uh, fairly capable of kind of, kinda, you know, the, the guitar sounds and whatnot. So I, I don't know what happened here. Um, Genesis version has a few more levels also. Is that true? I, I've only played it just a little bit. Not enough to actually know.
2: I don't think it has extra planets. I think there's extra track layouts, but I'm not sure. I, I played it for oh, like okay. three three levels and was like, yeah, okay, I'm not going to play this on a whole other system. It's very mm-hmm. similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know they did add some more tracks to the Genesis mm-hmm. version. Mm-hmm.
1: The only reason I mentioned this first was because this was probably the first Genesis game that uh, completely made me hate the Genesis as far as sound goes. Mm -hmm. This was like when I I first got my Genesis very late in the game. And one of the first games I rented for it was Rock and Roll Racing. And I took it home. And of course, my dad was actually a really big fan, as mentioned, because he liked the music. And I just, I had my Genesis hooked up. I don't know if you all remember this, but it had the headphone jack out. Um, yeah. Out of the head. So like I had my Genesis hooked up to two very old and very bad speakers that I had gotten from like a garage sale for like $2 a piece. And so like my dad sat down and, you know, he's hes one of those guys that likes loud music. Anytime we play the Super NES version, he'd be like, oh, you know, let's, you know, turn it up. So we sat down to the Genesis version, this new impressive console. He was like, damn boy, turn that shit up. And so like I turned the little volume knob as far up as I could go. And that music hit on that first level. What can only be described as like 13,000 cats dying at once coming through those two (laughs) garage fucking speakers. Just it blew out just about everything in that room. And it just, it sounds so terrible. It was just, the whole game just sounds awful and from then on out from that day on anytime i got into genesis game i made sure that that sound was completely down just so i could make sure that it wasn't going to completely offend anyone that was around including me that was sitting in the room
2: (laughs) well for anyone who's left that has not stormed off angrily because of our genesis dislike just just in this case it's it's valid
0: yeah i let jeremy keep going because he he's the one that has to check
2: the mail and all um but but this game uh, obviously, well enough, after this game, Blizzard changed their name officially to Blizzard. Uh, the next game they did would have been Blackthorn, which, again, we reviewed way back in Episode 6. And then they mm-hmm. made a game called Warcraft that maybe you've heard of. And since then, they've been very involved with uh, with, with Warcraft, Starcraft, and and the like. So... They did nothing else with Rock and Roll Racing until their arcade collection that came out this year. But there is a sequel to this game that Interplay put out with a different developer called Rock and Roll Racing 2. Uh, to, it is a standard-looking racing game, like behind the car, like you normally see. It looks more like every PlayStation 1 racer uh, that would have been out there, except it's got combat in it. Uh, it came out in the US as Red Asphalt uh, which I did recognize the name I didn't remember Rock and Roll Racing 2 that's cuz it didn't come out here under that name only in Europe I believe is it Rock and Roll Racing 2 it did not do very well and uh, and they did not make a third one but
1: it was not very good it was not very good I played good. that one yeah it, it
2: it it just it's fine but it wasn't this like this was so good for what it is and then just have it be a regular racer it's like yep yeah, okay or a regular, like behind-the-car <laughs> combat racer in the PlayStation era. Like, no thanks. We've got enough of those. Um, so as I mentioned, this has been re-released recently as the Blizzard Arcade Collection, along with uh, the Lost Vikings and One Racing. It has the Super Nintendo version and the Genesis version. And in this case, it has a four-player multiplayer uh, that's full screen and and made for current consoles, so you can see more of of the screen than you could imagine you would be able to on a a Genesis or Super Nintendo version of this four-player. And it has the definitive version. Now, I was worried when I bought this that the definitive version of all these games uh, would be, like, completely redone, you know, all-new graphics, all-new whatever – the graphics are all very similar on all the definitive versions to the Super Nintendo versions. They they're a little cleaner in some cases. They they animate a little smoother uh, in this game. It's it's a little more noticeable than the other two. Uh, but what they did on this what I really like is they got the actual music tracks, not the MIDI tracks, but the actual music tracks Ooh, to the game, and yeah. they added more to it. So when I started playing, the first track was Judas Priest breaking the law, and I was like, well, okay, that's not in the original game. And oh, there was a, there was some Rush song. I'm not a Rush fan, but I was like, okay, a Rush song, that's all right. Like they they have other songs added and just the fact that i'm able to play even just if it was just these original songs but in their like full versions and hear the full songs with lyrics and everything else i was like okay for the first time i think the definitive edition of something is something i prefer more than the original version when i when i'm playing it and so other than than to play enough of the super nintendo one to get a good grip on it i think the definitive version of this is actually really really good and if you like this game at all yeah, then, then that's the only reason I would say you need to own the Village Arcade Collection. It's, it's an okay collection. It's three games. It's twenty bucks. Uh, you can play Lost Vikings on almost everything, and and uh, Blackthorn. Is okay. I don't know if I think Blackthorn's a, a wonderful game or not. We we liked it enough at the time, but uh, I I wasn't rushing to play it again five years later. Uh, but but this game specifically, the definitive version is wonderful on that collection. So if you're looking to play it now, you don't have a Super Nintendo, you don't want to find a questionable way to play it. Uh, the 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 Blizzard Arcade Collection, which is out in PS4, Xbox One, Switch, is the one I have, and the and the PC is a great way to get access to this game and two other games that I think you won't be disappointed with.
0: The stage is set. The green flag drops. Thread is about to blow. beats in the last.
2: So that's our thoughts on Rock and Roll Racing, a game we highly recommend that I'm very sad we could not play the music for on this podcast. But now is the time on every episode where people send us questions. They go to Retrovania.net. They scroll all the way to the bottom, past all our wonderful links to social media and everything else, and there's a form there. And you can put in any question you want. And most likely, we're going to answer it like we're going to do right now.
1: We're totally going to do that right now. And we've got a few questions this week. And we're going to start off with Blues Brother 319. And he's going to tell us about an early birthday present. Hey, fellas, wanted to write in to express my gratitude for the last episode, Jet Grind Radio, which I debated making my Patreon requested game. My birthday fell on March 19th. So to get this early birthday present was awesome. Thank you for all the great content, especially the Sega episodes. As a lifelong Sega fan, I'm 37. I especially love those episodes. Keep up the exceptional content. You've got a fan in me. Also, I'm considering dressing up as Seaman Grandpa for Halloween. (laughs) Until next time, Genesis does what what Nintendo don't. Damn, I'm old. Well, Uh, I would like to say real quick, if any of you dress up as Seaman Grandpa for this Halloween, Take a picture and put it on our Discord. And I, will, I will send you something. I don't know what that is. Uh, I will find something from my weird vault of, of craziness and send you. But yes, uh, that, w- that would actually kind of make my year. Uh, I mean, I have 50 my
2: Grandpa patches, patches I can send him, so that'll be nice. Um, uh, by the way, if he's still a fan after our thoughts on the <laughs> Genesis this episode, I hope so. I, we were not speaking poorly of the Genesis, just of the Genesis music
1: in this game specifically. Oh my God! Yeah, there's uh, you. All right, there are some Genesis games. I don't care who you are, but if you tell me that those games sound good, I will think you're just crazy.
0: <laughs> hey, uh, it's 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 coming from him. It's not me, not this time. Even though I am in one thousand percent agreement. Um, yeah, it, it's weird. I it, when you had a when you had developed. Oh God, we're doing this again, aren't we?
2: No, let's skip it. Let's, let's move
0: past it. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay, um it, yeah, it, it's no good.
2: I'll but hey, on. I'm glad you enjoyed the, the Jet Jet Grind Radio Jet Set Radio episode that was last episode. We enjoyed playing it. So it was nice to to touch on a, a newer retro game.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm actually really glad we finally got to cover that and uh you know, if you've got any other games you'd like us to cover, you know, we do, we do have that cool Patreon. Patreon there. Um who knows, we may just end up accidentally covering the next game that you want to do. Uh, so yeah, thanks for writing in, letting us know what you think. Again, dress up as Seaman Grandpa for Halloween. It's way, yeah. it's ways away. Uh that do that. Again, I will send you something. Uh but the thank you for writing in uh Blues Brother 319. Next question comes in from Chili Galloway. And uh, he's writing <laughs> in about episode <laughs> he's writing in about episode 150. I know you guys provided a spectacular show for episode 100. If you decided to step your game up a notch for episode 150 and force Billy Holiday to eat a retro game during that recording, what game would you feed him? Would it be a disc or a cartridge game? (laughs) Would you try cooking it first? Maybe. Oh, God. We're not done. Would you try cooking it first or have him eat it raw? Raw.
0: I don't.
2: Uh, hopefully, it's the fucking DS game. No, nah, if I if I were to make you a cartridge, we're we're gonna go find a Neo Geo game. You're gonna eat that, <laughs> that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, our episode, I was like, what did we cover in episode 100? That would have been so groundbreaking. That was our Tiger handheld episode. That was a great episode. Yeah, that was a pretty good episode. Was, so maybe you know what? Maybe 150 and, is that R zone. Uh, I, I I well, I told you guys if we
0: made it to 200. I would personally track down three R zones. Um. <laughs> fuck if if the only thing on the table for 150 is the r zone or me eating a goddamn cartridge i might have to get on ebay tonight and make it happen i guess
1: i i don't know like would i it's a matter of just I, I think a disc game would kill you uh but you know a cartridge
0: i don't like my i don't like my chances
1: with a cartridge game either i i, I guess not but uh i don't know I, I whatever would just torture you the most i suppose would be my answer Damn, damn,
0: damn.
1: So what game did we play? Oh, wait, no. I, okay, so we take Gemfire. <laughs> <laughs> we cook it, we boil it down until it gets a nice froth on it and uh, yeah. send that over to you and then film you eating that, just sucking that boy down. I think
0: I would have a better time eating
2: a goddamn Gemfire cartridge than playing it again. <laughs> well, that's that's a solid pick is that making billy eat gem fire it's more of a more of a poetic choice
1: uh yeah i think we'll, we'll maybe uh episode 150 we'll see so it's either gonna eat our zone or making billy eat gem fire uh we will
0: and then we get to uh then you guys get to unveil uh the new co-host in episode <laughs> 151 <the> memorial episode
1: <laughs> see a north carolina a newspaper man dies of mysterious conditions Uh, Thank you for Chili Galloway for writing in and uh, letting us figure out which way we want to kill Billy Holiday. So uh, Mm -hmm. we'll see. Uh, Next comes from Kyle Von Kubik, and uh, he's wanting to ask us about missing consoles. Hey, all or whomever is on this particular episode. What console do each of you wish you could cover more on the show? But because of whatever reason, like expense, accessibility, lack of good emulation or game library simply cannot. Best, Kyle von Kubik.
0: Uh, personally, and we've delved into it a little bit. We've we've played a game or two here and there. Um, goddamn, I'd like to do a lot more Sega CD. Um, only trouble is that is obviously you you not only are going to have to have a working Genesis, you're going to have to have the working attachment, and then you're going to have to go track down the games. And I can in my travels out there uh i, I just stumble upon these same handful of sega cd games and unfortunately if you wanted to go through the the uh less legal route um you almost always just find that same batch also um which kind of leaves it to where there are a lot of and i, I don't know if either of these guys are going to laugh or they're going to be nice to me a lot of really good sega cd games out there um but it's just, they are very hard to
2: to get a hold of, unfortunately. I would love to do more games on systems that I have almost no familiarity with, or games that, you know, you kind of need the console. Like, we're never going to get to do a good Virtual Boy episode. I'd like to do one. I'd mm-hmm. like to cover a couple of games on that. But without the console, it's nearly impossible. And I'm not hunting that yeah. down. I mean, it's not impossible to find a Virtual Boy, but it's not cheap. Uh, also I'd like to cover more N sixty four games, but I don't think the emulation on that system mm-hmm. is good at all. So I mean You're I not. play a bunch on on Twitch so that I can at least play through some of the games. Like I did Castlevania sixty four and I just told you at the beginning of the episode was hybrid heaven. Like there are games I'd love to play, but uh, you know, to have all of us get a copy, it's it's expensive and you gotta find copies that work right and you gotta have I mean it's it's just a pain. Uh, and you know, while yeah. we do have a, a Patreon, it's it's not getting us the kind of money for us to throw around a couple hundred dollars per game. <laughs>
1: I would absolutely love to do <coughs> several uh, dozen episodes on 3DO games. But yeah, that's another one of those those systems that the emulation isn't great. It's, uh, you know, you can get the system for around $150, $200. Bucks. Uh, but even then, you know, finding the games is it's pretty hard to miss. But yeah, there's there's a lot of games on that system that I would love to cover on here. Like Twisted, which is just this amazing, weird full motion video game show that really hasn't been done (laughs) since uh, anywhere near as well. Uh, It's just super weird. Uh, There's so many other games on that system that I could just, I would love to just sit here and and talk about forever, but uh, unfortunately getting that system and and a lot of those games, just it's, I I wouldn't wish it on these, these two, like I would literally (laughs) have to buy systems and be like, I'm sending you a 3DO and you're going to play it. God damn it. Uh, So, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, but yeah, I, I I think a lot of those Sega CD games I I would totally enjoy uh, doing as well, especially like the uh, make your own video games. Uh, oh yeah, you know Marky Mark and uh, you know the Slam City and and stuff like that. Like they're special in a in a special way that's that's close to my heart. They're not good games, obviously, but uh, uh,
0: they're a total they're a total time capsule for yeah. you know th- that precise. You can look at those. It's one of those things. We've had several things. You can look at them, and you could tell the year. Yes. Um. I it just it just takes you to a you know back to a, an interesting place in games where you know they they were really starting to experiment with something in particular. You know, with the full motion video and, and making, you know, the kind of an interactive movies um on consoles. So I. But yeah, it, it's just a shame. You know, a, a lot of those are really hard to, really hard to track down, and and emulation for them i that that emulation scene for the sega cd is it's probably amongst the saddest
1: it's there i mean you can definitely play them uh but yeah it's uh <laughs> i mean we we got through snatcher you know we did play the i played that on the on the pie yeah. um yeah. but i and think we got that's mansion
0: really, of, mansion of hidden souls I, that's I've, the most I mean,
1: important one you know the crown jewel Yes, uh, there's a few. I, I think there's definitely more Sega CD games worth covering than the 32X, which we finally, mm. I, I was one of the people that was like, I need to put this on on the pie for you guys because I think there could be something fun here to cover. And yeah. and I, after I put it on there, <laughs> I was looking through there and I was like, there's not any fucking thing on here worth covering. Uh, we did cover, uh, you know, the uh, the Knuckles game, Knuckles Chaotix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know Jeremy keeps threatening Calibri. Oh yeah. But- uh beyond that i don't think there's really much else on that system that that's worth talking about on here and some corpse killer 32x sega CD combo. <laughs> yeah get the, get the combo game out
2: there <laughs> yeah uh, now 32x yeah. didn't have much good on it even even with with the ability to play a lot of that library i was like yeah we're not missing much here but uh, but there's still the fact that we can do it is nice so um while i you know i, I would love to do more episodes on on systems like even like we've never done a Lynx episode i'd love to do a Lynx episode we've done nothing off that system but uh you know we'll see
1: yeah i mean that would that would be interesting i I don't think we've done any game gear games at all i think there's some pretty cool game gear games out there that uh that's on the pie that that is definitely worth checking out so maybe in the future uh but definitely a lot of those systems like you know the virtual boy 3do jaguar you know what's what's the use uh Some of those, it's just we can't really get everybody on the same page unless we just bust these two people here to my brother's house and just, like, sit down and play some some (laughs) fucking uh, Kasumi Ninja or something. So uh, I don't think you're going to do that. Uh, But anyway, yes, thank you, uh, Kyle, for writing in. Uh, Maybe someday we will get that Wario's... uh, what's, What's that? Virtual Boy Wario game. Um, well, Nobody knows. We'll do that game someday, maybe.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's going to do it for this week. As always, if you want to write in and ask us some weird question, go to retrovania.net, scroll all the way down to the bottom. We've got this cool contact form you can write in, and we'll somehow receive it if you actually click the submit button. I know it's crazy, but that's just kind of how the internet works. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to do it for me. Uh that's it I'm, I'm not good at Segways
2: okay well then uh, also on retrovanianet there are links to all our social media including our patreon page so if you enjoy this podcast one of the things you can do is go to our patreon page and if you give us uh, the, if you if you let me try again, if you join our patreon you get a chance to force us to cover any game you'd like us to cover that follows within our, our system of ra- our range of systems uh, the years of that we cover uh, and we will cover it on a show. Uh, like we have in the past. We've got some of those coming up, actually, fairly soon. Some Patreon request picks. Uh, and also, there's a, a regular list where you can throw requests that we will be pulling from, like we did for all of February. Uh, so, again, that's found joining our Patreon. But if you do like the show, but you just don't want to join the Patreon, and we understand, because, you know... At least one of us right now doesn't have an income. It's great if you would just go to iTunes, wherever you get this podcast, and please write a review and rate us five stars, whatever the top rating is, uh, because it does help other people that may or just be looking for retro gaming podcasts to find that podcast when it has a bunch of good ratings and good comments. So you could do that. It doesn't take any money, just a little bit of time, literally a minute of time. uh, And that would help us out a lot. So, uh, you know, if you do join the Patreon, great. But if not, here's something else you can do to show your support of Retro Maniacs. And we will be back with a Patreon episode next week. But a regular episode in two weeks. I do not know what we're covering it, but it will not be the lost Vikings, the other game from this collection. So
1: we will, <laughs> we will see you then.